Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course, and I would really love for you to go and check the course out. Basically, what we cover in the course is a series of comfort methods and different techniques that you can use in any type of birth that will help you through breathing and give you yeah different ways that you can feel really comfortable and manage your pain during your labor. It's inclusive of all types of birth, so it doesn't matter what kind of birth that you're planning, it'll still have a tip or technique that you'll be able to use. And there are some really lovely testimonials from mums who have used your birth project and also from their birth partners on the Your Birth Project Instagram or on the website, so I will pop that in the show notes. I really want for all of you to feel confident and empowered going into your birth, so if you're feeling anxious or nervous about an upcoming birth, it doesn't matter what stage of your pregnancy you're in, you can absolutely do the Your Birth Project course and take those techniques, implement them in your labor, and feel really good and confident making informed decisions and choices and bringing your beautiful baby into the world. So I'm really excited to share your birth project with you again as a sponsor of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. And I would love for you to show some support to that course. So thank you. In this week's episode, I speak with Charlotte about the birth of her beautiful baby, Imani. And Charlotte takes us through about six months of trying to fall pregnant and then actually having a missed miscarriage and finding out around six to eight weeks that she had unfortunately lost that pregnancy. So she talks us through what that experience was like and sort of how that made them feel and then also takes us through falling pregnant really quickly again when they weren't really trying and what that was like. So how they managed their sort of emotions and feelings towards that pregnancy and what their pregnancy journey was like. She then takes us through into her labor, which ended up being an induction because she had low levels of fluid uh, and she was advised to have an induction, which they ended up deciding to do. And Charlotte talks us through her labor process and into her birth. And then she does a really awesome job of explaining what it's been like the last few weeks as a new mum with breastfeeding and hormone changes and emotions and yeah it's just a really lovely episode so I hope you love it as much as I do I'll stop talking now let's jump into the episode. Hey Charlotte thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. No worries would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Absolutely so my name's Charlotte Um, I'm married to my husband Rob We've been married since January 2019 um, and we've got two cats. We've got Baloo and Kobe and now we have little Amani. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And what part of New Zealand are you guys based in? 
So we're currently living in Pocono at the moment. Um, yep. We used to live in Pukekohe. That's where we bought our first home. Um, and now we've just moved into our very first family home and mm. just loving it. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? So it was it was definitely a planned journey. Um, but it, like for us, I did feel like it took a while, although yeah. definitely aware that in the grand scheme of things and for other people trying, it probably didn't take too mm. long. Um, but so I came off the pill in around June last year and um, we just obviously kept trying each month and nothing was happening, no luck. So we finally fell pregnant in November last year after about six or seven months trying. Yeah. Um, and it was really incredible. We were both very, very excited. Um, and then it was about six weeks I noticed some early spotting um, when I went to the toilet and then um, so we went and got a scan and everything seemed fine at the moment but it was still very early days so um, the lady scanning us basically said we needed to book in another appointment for two weeks time which we did Um, and we went back and that was unfortunately when we um, found out that there was no heartbeat um, so we had had a missed miscarriage, which yeah. um, for those who are unaware, basically it's when you miscarry, but your body doesn't pick up on the fact that you've miscarried. So as opposed to um, passing the miscarriage out, um, I had to have it medically managed, which yeah. meant I had to have it removed. Um, which was really hard and disappointing and especially because it was our first time and like obviously our first time trying Um, but the process was really like obviously it's going to be professional and that sort of thing but it was it was a good process for us we felt um, it's quite hard to explain like we felt like it was it was efficient and you know like it wasn't a lot of like hanging around that sort of thing. Mm. So from the day we found out, we had the medical management within like two days. So yeah. um, I wasn't like hanging around for like days or weeks on end at home with it basically inside me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was um, very like disappointing for us. But then we, so we were advised that, you know, to wait sort of like a cycle to start trying again, um, which we were happy to do. And then we kind of just like carried on um, and obviously jumped back on the horse (laughs) (laughs) pretty quickly. Um, More so just for fun. Um, And then, and then it was about probably three or four weeks later that um, much to our surprise, um, we turned out a positive pregnancy test yeah, again. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And how were you sort of feeling? I know, like, obviously, um, you'd have all of these emotions from your miscarriage and then finding out that you were pregnant when you probably weren't really trying um, or maybe you didn't expect it to happen so soon. How do you sort of, how did you feel at the start of that pregnancy and finding out that you were pregnant? Yeah, absolutely. It was like, such a surprise for it to happen so quickly but like 
we were so excited that mm-hmm. for the fact that it did because we felt like we had waited such a long time yeah. for the first time to happen and then to be like met with such disappointment um and then for it to happen so quickly again it was just awesome um but it came with a lot of like anxiety because mm-hmm. that wait from you know like when you first find out to when you have that first mm-hmm. early dating scan where you all you want to do is hear a heartbeat and see a heartbeat um so that was like super nerve-wracking and the fact that I'd picked up on the pregnancy test pretty early on um when we did fall pregnant again I think it was only around about four weeks pregnant probably so the that four week wait to the early dating scan yeah. was felt like forever yeah um and when we when we went in and had the scan um on my tracking um app that I was using flow um showed that I was probably around seven weeks two days and when I had the scan it bumped me forward to eight weeks four days so to finally get over that eight week mark yeah. see and hear the heartbeat um, was just like incredible yeah yeah amazing and how were you feeling did you have many early symptoms in that pregnancy um the only symptoms I actually had was just like really tender boobs yeah and that was it like that was the only indicator that I was pregnant basically. And if I didn't have that um, and I wasn't trying, then I yeah. definitely would have gone un- it would have gone under the radar. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like? Did you have a midwife and choose to do sort of all the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? Yeah. So just all the, so we did go for an LMC. So a midwife, um, and she was great. She was incredible. We got a um, a younger midwife because Rob and I both sort of wanted to have, I mean, I know they're all super experienced and, you know, like great in their own ways, but we wanted someone young who was we, what we thought would be um, fresh and up to date with all the new ways yeah. of doing things and that sort of thing. And um, so, yeah, that's why we chose ours. And in terms of all the testing, we just did what was on offer for us. Yeah. Um, just the standard blood tests. We didn't do um, any of the NIPT tests um, or that sort of thing yeah. early on because the blood test results came back um, with really low risk. So we didn't see the need to go in and do any further testing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. And did you find out the sex of your baby? Yes, absolutely. The OCD in me would not have yeah. <laughs> gone too. on any longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You just have to, like, for the planning, like, the you know, like I was just one of the most exciting things I was looking forward to was just, like, being able to buy clothes and do up <laughs> her room. So if I hadn't have known the sex, it would have made my life very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have a guess? Did you feel like it was a boy or a girl? Um. I kind of felt like it was a girl probably like at about 17 weeks yeah. um, and my midwife had kind of let on that um, like girls' heartbeats are generally like really yeah. fast compared to boys and her heartbeat was always around about 175 every time. Yeah. So after her saying that and then um, just like the old wives' tales, yeah. you know, like <laughs> do you have acne or 
um, you know, like are you moody or, or yeah. happy, those sorts of things. Majority of mine did lean towards a girl, so kind of had a feeling. But, yeah. again, like you never really know, do you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Did, did you pick yours with No, Jane? gosh, no. I thought I was having a girl. We we did the nip test, but I was convinced that we were having a girl. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, I was very surprised when it was a boy. <laughs> 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 your gut your gut instinct was wrong yeah, awesome. <laughs> very wrong awesome and did you do uh any antenatal classes or birth education or anything like that in the lead up to your labor and birth uh yeah we did we opted for an online antenatal class um we did it through the oh baby magazine um, oh, yeah, it's called nice. practical parenting yep. course yeah so it's just a new one that they've brought out Uh, And so we did that and it was great because it meant that, you know, like we could do it whenever we wanted. And with, especially with like COVID um, and that sort of in the peak of everything, it was good because we wouldn't really have been able to get out and do like a face-to-face class anyway. But um, we were still doing classes right up until like 37 (laughs) weeks, I think. Yeah. So cra- cracking away at, it at, our, at our own very slow pace. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, again, it was great to be able to have that option. Yeah, awesome. And did you have many thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go, much of a birth plan or sort of any ideas there? Uh, not really. I kind of just knew that, like, it's, and especially with it being my first, like, I had no idea what to expect with birth. Therefore, I was like, I have no idea what to expect Mm. with how it's going to go down. So um, I was more than willing just to go with the flow and take it as it comes and, like, whatever will be will be. I did sort of, like, plan to be open to going as far as I could without getting an epidural, but then I was, like, definitely – keen to get it if I needed like I wasn't opposed to it at all um and yeah I mean well I turned out having to be induced so any plans I would have made would have gone out the window anyway yeah right yeah and so did you um end up going into the hospital to be induced do you want to take us through sort of how that journey came about and anything that you did in preparation for that yeah sure so Around about 37 weeks, um, like my midwife had always said, you know, if your baby's movements start to feel different or if they start to change, then obviously let me know. Um, And at about 37 weeks, they had, for me, they had felt like they'd decreased in intensity quite significantly. Um, So I brought that up with her and basically um, she got me in that day for a CTG scan, which um, is those that aren't aware probably are aware by now but um it's basically where they just track the baby's movements and then also track the heart rate in response to the movements so anyway long story short with that is that her movements were fine um along with her heart rate um and so they sent me home and then the following week um I sort of said to my midwife again you know like things haven't really improved I still feel like her movements are less intense and they're also feeling like they're not as frequent. So again, I went in for another CTG um, and that scan was kind of up and down and um, the midwife who did that on me couldn't really get like a great um, 
picture of it. So she sent me up to Middlemore um, and that's where I had like a more in-depth one and then I had another um, ultrasound where they measured the amniotic fluid. Um, And then long story short, the obstetrician who saw us at Middlemore sort of ran us through the risks and the pros and cons and said basically like we think it's best if you get induced at 39 Mm -hmm. weeks um and sort of would that and that would have been a week later so Rob and I sort of went home and talked about it and discussed it and ended up deciding to agree on an induction um and then so that whole week I swear I did everything (laughs) in the book to try and get her to come naturally because I was just like oh man like I've waited mm. this long to find out what the contractions are going to be like when they're brought on naturally that sort of thing and I just really did want that natural brought on experience so I was eating all the dates I was drinking all the raspberry leaf <laughs> tea I was having the evening primrose oil capsules I started curb walking <laughs> I even had three stretch and sweeps like in that week um everything to try and bring her on but she just didn't want to come that way so um yeah so it was we went into the hospital for the induction at 39 weeks on the Sunday night yeah awesome and did you do anything like perennial massage or anything like that um in the lead up to your labor no I had read about it um but I I don't know I kind of felt weird about about doing it um kind of looking back though I sort of wish maybe I'd like dabbled in a little bit because I did end up getting a tear um in my perineum but I mean you never know like whether or not that would have helped yeah so who knows (laughs) yeah yeah cool awesome and do you want to take us through um the labor sort of induction process and those first few hours of labor and then into your birth story yeah sure so um so basically when when you're induced they sort of tell you a time to go into the hospital so we went up to Middlemore um, about 7.30 on the Sunday night and at 8.30 it was, they gave me my first dose of the prostaglandin gel, which is supposed to um, stretch and soften out your cervix and prepare it and get it ready um, for labour. So they gave me that and then they said, we'll come and check again in six hours and decide if you need to have another dose. So kind of just like a waiting game so had that at 8 30 and then Rob and I tried to just like get some sleep and rest and it was no problem for him as any guy they literally take like two seconds to fall asleep <laughs> so he was crashed out in the chair beside me I was kind of like my mind was elsewhere like thinking of everything um and then at about oh, half past 12 I think it was I started to get the first mild period cramps um and they like slowly picked up and picked up and it was about oh I think it was like one or something and I sort of went and woke Rob up and said you know like honey I think you need to wake up now I think it's starting (laughs) to happen and he's sort of giving me weird looks and asking me why I was standing up like that (laughs) completely unaware what was about to happen um but that's okay and then by 2 30 we like just before they came in to do the next assessment like I'm like I mean it was all go like it was on and 
Rob's standing there holding my hand, like I was squeezing the crap out of it. Mm. And the lady came in and she she did my assessment um, whilst I was contracting um, and she broke my waters for me um, and said I was a good four centimetres, which was good. Uh, And then after that, oh, like three o'clock, I was wheeled over from the like assessment side over to the birthing side um and by this point like I was chaffing away on the gas um probably a little bit too much to be honest (laughs) started to (laughs) make my hands feel a bit funny um and yeah so it was about 3.20 I got the epidural which oh like did you get an epidural yeah I did yeah and they're like, you need to keep still. And you're like, having a contraction. And you're just like, yeah. how the hell am I going to do this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got the epidural at like 20 past three. And that took about oh, half an hour, I think, to kick in mm-hmm. properly. Um, and, yeah, like I was still trying to go on the gas, <laughs> waiting for that to kick in. Um, and... Then um, once the epidural finally kicked in and my body was able to relax. So on the epidural pump, you know how they give you the pump to pump yourself, but it's on like mm-hmm. a 40-minute timer so you don't overdose. So yeah. I had one pump of it when it kicked in and then that like obviously I could still feel things. And then Rob said as soon as he saw me hit the thing on the second time, like – it was like a minute later, my heart rate dropped and baby's heart rate dropped like hugely. Mm. So my body obviously just completely relaxed and she like flew down the birth canal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden my midwife that was there with me, she said to my sister who was also in the room, um, she was like, oh, Hannah, can you please push the emergency button? Um, just like you know real calmly and so he hadn't pushed the emergency button and then about 10 different doctors came in lights were on full there was hands up inside me there was <laughs> someone beside me running me through everything that was going on and then so what had happened is because like my body had just relaxed so quickly um, I'd literally gone from four centimeters to 10 centimeters within like 20 minutes yeah, um, and she had flown down. She was ready to come out, and they'd lost her heart rate. They couldn't find it anymore, so they had to put the pin in. Um, it's I, I don't don't think it's called a pin. That sounds horrible. It, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a Is little slip on her head. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And yeah. so they insert that. They put that onto her head so that they could directly monitor her heart rate, heart rate as opposed to going through my stomach. Um, so anyway, they ended up getting her heart rate. Things started to stabilize, which was good because they were like talking about an emergency cesarean and then mm-hmm. they were talking about Von Tues, um, which I was like, no, 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 like in my head, you know, like I, I didn't really want either of those. Um, and then anyway, it, it all sort of stabilized and calmed down and the, all the doctors left the room and that sort of thing. And then at 5.30 something, my midwife was like, okay, we can probably start pushing now. (laughs) And so, yeah, like 
because obviously you've got no feeling, you can't really feel your contractions and when to push. It sort of just feels a little bit like pressure. Mm-hmm. So it was quite hard to pick up on when I should push. But um, basically we did four four sets of three pushes and she was out. Like yeah. came out at 5.56 and it was just, it just <laughs> felt so like, easy and chill and like I'm honestly just so happy that I had the epidural mm-hmm. because I think it would have been a very different experience if if I hadn't yeah but yeah. yeah yeah amazing and did they pop her up onto your chest straight away yeah they tried to so um because of the speed that she came out of like my midwife even like almost missed her coming yes. out and still had all the blanket like blankets on not blankets on I had like hospital gown on me and then this oh, yeah. other seat and then I still had this the stomach clips on and so like she came out and then one of the other midwives from Middlemore was like trying to like pull everything off really quickly so eventually she did get straight skin to skin um but it wasn't as quick as probably we all would have would have hoped yeah yeah and did she latch on okay in that first little while no, her latching in the beginning wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, she wasn't keen. And, I mean, that's really good that I had antenatally expressed colostrum. Yeah. So I had my syringes ready and she went after um, like a good hour with me, just skin to skin. Um, she then had her first feed with her dad uh, with some colostrum. So that was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, and did you find that quite hard, the antenatal expressing, or did, did you sort of get um, quite a bit of colostrum? What did you find that was like? It was quite weird in the beginning, but then I think once you got the hang of it, like mm-hmm. it, it just like flowed out pretty easy. And I watched a really good Instagram video on the Harker page, and they kind of shot with like a little um, beanbag face. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that technique, and like that is literally just the technique that you need. So yeah. when I saw that, that was about when I was starting to antenatally express as well. So I just watched that and then, yeah, it just caught on. Yeah, um, I wish I'd seen a video like that because I was doing it all wrong and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting any. And I actually, Jai re- really needed it when he was born, but I didn't have any. So, yeah, I um, I think that's a good video. I'll share it in the show notes yeah. for sure. Because it is totally about technique, hey? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, like, I spoke to a friend about it as well once I'd given birth and, she like she said she'd struggled with it as well but she was like oh you know like didn't realize how like firm and like the like the technique that you actually need to do it yeah so yeah yeah, that was a good video yeah awesome cool and what sort of happened from there did they need to stitch you up um I know you mentioned earlier that you had a tear so what were the next few hours like yeah so um so the obstetrician I think she was an obstetrician she was like dressed up in her scrubs (laughs) um so she came in and was like assessing everything because obviously because the little um you know like the scare that we had in the labor um and then she was just sort of assessing my tears um and said that I had one that was quite deep it was really short in my perineum but it was quite deep so she just wanted to make sure that it hadn't like gone down any further like yeah you know, back, back towards the back passage. <laughs> but she said that that was fine. And so she stitched that up. And then there was like a really tiny one um, a bit further up. And 
yeah dealt with those and then it was like the issue the next issue was getting my placenta out it just didn't want to come yeah so it had been like over an hour and you know like they're supposed to sort of come within the first hour mine still hadn't come so they put me on the hormone drips and tocinin I think it's called yeah um to try and assist and still nothing and then so the um, obstetrician was sort of like came in and was talking about how she was saying to me we may have to go to theater to get it removed again I was like no like, I just want to be with my baby um and then she sort of just like fiddled around and pushed on my uterus quite a bit um and then yeah it came out so that was a good result in the end um yeah yeah Awesome. Cool. And how long did you end up spending in the hospital before you went home? So Amani was born at like five to six. And I think we left the hospital at like 1130 that morning. Yeah. And then we were, we were booked in, well, we were registered to go to birth care in Parnell because my husband and I didn't really like, we didn't like the idea that um, we kind of had, because the birth care that we were registered with was, um, like Hokokoi birthing unit because yeah. it's out where we live but the partner can't stay at that one so we had wanted to stay together so we had registered to go to Parnell but they had like <laughs> the midwife uh, the people who worked there on the phone had said that it was almost like everyone in Auckland had decided to birth overnight um, <laughs> so all, the, all their rooms were full so we couldn't get the room that we wanted so we just decided to go back to Puki. I and I stayed there for two nights um, and that was obviously just by myself at night. So Rob would come during the day, but kind of looking back on it now, like it would have been real hectic for him yeah. because like it was so hectic for me. Um, Imani yeah. cluster fed right from that first night till like night four. Yeah. Um, and like that first night, I just remember feeling so exhausted. Mm. I hadn't slept at all since before the induction. Yeah. Um, even to the point where like it was like the, it was in some godly unknown hour in the middle of the night, and I just couldn't settle her. And it was just all so much. And the midwife sort of offered. She said, "You know, would you like me to take her for half an hour just to mm. give you some time to sleep?" And I, you know, like, and I felt really guilty but at the same time there was a voice in my head saying just like just say yes and accept the help yeah and I did I said yeah that would be really good thank you so she took her away from the room and it had been about 20 minutes of me lying there with my eyes closed Mm -hmm. not sleeping but just like trying to mentally rest until I ended up um, calling her on the buzzer again and said, I just can't, I can't sleep without her here with me. Can you please just bring her back? <laughs> so she brought her back and she was fast asleep. Mm-hmm. And I, um, like, obviously I was so thankful that she'd managed to go to get her to go to sleep. But at the same time, I wish that had been me yeah, sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's just so hard that first night. And I'm so glad I was there to have the midwives on call yeah like yeah it made a huge difference yeah yeah it does make a big difference doesn't yeah. it? just having that um extra help that you just wouldn't get at home it's yeah really helpful yeah I don't know how people like could just go home mm. like 
and it's a it's a, it's a really weird concept like that you just give birth and then you go to like a birthing unit or you go home or whatever and it's kind of just like here's your baby now you're a mum <laughs> yeah 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 and, and you're like I don't actually know what I'm doing yeah. like I first of all I don't know what day of the week it is <laughs> like or what my name is then yeah. like how to um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And how did you find um, leaving there and going home? And obviously, then you are pretty much on your own in terms of the um, support that you were getting previously. So, how did you find that change? And did you notice any of the baby blues or any sort of hormonal shifts in that period? Yeah, so going home was um, like it was awesome to be able to come home. I had my mum and dad. Um, up from Invercargill staying with us and my sister obviously was like in and out because she lives in Auckland so she was coming and staying with us too so we had that support in terms of you know like mum was so amazing she was making sure like we had meals and we were well looked after and that side of things doing all the washing so then it just left time for Rob and I just to try and navigate parenthood at home like you know for ourselves but um I think we managed it okay. Um, I remember the first night at home because it was obviously night three cluster feeding and Rob was up and down. And I remember Rob saying to me, he was like, I am so sorry you had to experience this by yourself. <laughs> he was just like completely gobsmacked. He was like, what even is this? Like, how on earth have you been doing this? So that was, um, I, I guess, good in a way for him to see you know what it's been like and what yeah. it's probably going to be like for a few nights yeah. and it was like day five that's when I got my baby blues and boy I got them good yeah. like I my milk had just come in real hot and I remember my boobs just being so big yeah. and so hard and so full and they were just to the point they were just so sore and I remember sitting on the couch in the middle of the day just feeding Imani and my cat Baloo came in and I remember just looking at him and then just bursting into <laughs> tears in front of everyone. They're like, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't even pick Baloo up to cuddle him. Like just the most stupid yeah. thing ever, <laughs> crying because I couldn't pick my cat up. Like there's more important things in life, Charlotte. <laughs> um, it was just ridiculous. And then – so that sort of set me off in the afternoon and then the blues really continued like into the night where I was just like at a point where I was like, I don't even want to breastfeed anymore. Yeah. This is too sore. My boobs hurt. Like I just wanted to chuck in the towel. Um, and it, like, I, I honestly did. I felt really down. I said to my mum, like, is this what, postnatal depressions like you know like do I have it and she was like don't be silly hun like you know you just this is the baby blues and it's t totally normal yeah. you know like you're allowed to feel like this and just that type of reassurance as well I had from mum and my husband was good because I woke up the next morning feeling completely fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it was literally just like a, it's like a 24-hour bug mm. um, and yeah so yeah experienced that and you know like went on the roller coaster of that and came out the other side so for any first time mums to be like it it definitely comes in hard but it it leaves just as quick yeah so yeah 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 awesome and how have you found um breastfeeding since then obviously um super painful I just I can remember that same feeling of having it's almost like you've got hot boobs because they're just so freaking sore and full of milk 
um, yeah. on that first day. I, I feel you. So how did you go or how are you going with your breastfeeding from then? Um, it's been like, it's been up and down, definitely. Like it's, it's a weird, unusual thing, breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, like I've, I've definitely grown to enjoy it and I do love it. Like, but it's hard. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like before I had baby, like I kind of was sort of, you know, like, oh, I'm not really sure if I want to breastfeed or, you know, like I don't think I'll do it for that long. But then now that I'm doing it, I do love it. Mm. And I love that she depends on me for yeah. it. But it's been hard because um, she had a tongue and a lip tie. Yeah, yeah. So they were quite tight and they weren't affecting her feeding. So she was, she constantly gained weight. She never lost any from like her weigh-ins. Um, and then what are we now with Tuesday? So on Friday, she heard her tongue and lip tie um, water lasered because they were both really tight. And whilst they're not affecting her feeding now, like they could down the mm-hmm. line. Um, and like, yeah, my husband and I, we just went through all the pros and cons and decided to go with it. Um, and then since then, she has struggled to relatch like deeply and well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm, I'm assuming it's because her mouth's sore because it looks quite mm-hmm. sore. But um, and then like she's just trying to get used to the new movement yeah. in her mouth as yeah. well, which is a bit difficult. We've had a couple of really bad days, and she lost weight um, in the weekend. But we had another weigh in today, and she's put back on 240 grams. Oh, good so. Girl. Yeah. And are you working with a lactation consultant or anything like that? No, but I think if things continue to be like up and Mm -hmm. down, then I'm definitely going to consider getting one because, um, yeah, it's such a special bonding time. And like, yeah, like my views on it have definitely changed. And I want to be able to try and feed her sort of like for at least a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about your physical recovery? Have you found any sort of products or have you done anything that have helped with your physical recovery from birth and with your tear or what have you found that like? Yeah. Um, so right from the beginning, I used my Viva Lavolva pack and I know you've mentioned these guys yeah, on your yeah. podcast before. Honestly, life-changing. <laughs> like the Peri bottle that you use from the get-go, like that you tip upside down and so you basically just have like water mm. to spray downstairs when you're weighing so it stops it hurting so I used that like every single time I went to the yeah. toilet which was a godsend um and then since then and since like my stitches have started to heal I've been using the um the drops so the relieve and reduce and the soothe and heal and I've been finding them really nice and relieving and just like putting a drop here and there on a pad or in the little spray bottle and spraying it on. And like, what am I now? I'm just like two weeks post birth. My stitches have completely like, well, pretty much yeah. healed. I'm out walking every day. Um, and yeah, like no issues. So yeah. really, yeah, really recommend that product. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about your sort of um, mental adjustment and sort of emotional recovery, I guess, from birth in that first like week or so of, of um, trying to adjust to being a mum? And I know it's a constant adjustment. I still feel like I'm adjusting and Jai's almost 11 months old. <laughs> um, yeah. How have you found that sort of mental side of things? 
I've found it good on the on a whole, but it certainly has been challenging. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I, I guess there's a lot of self doubt yeah. in it as well, yeah. which sort of I didn't really expect. Like, especially with the whole breastfeeding thing, and I feel like even though there'll be times where you know, like she's sleeping, and everyone's like, "Oh, sleep when she sleeps," but I feel like my mind never relaxes. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about when's the next time she's due for a feed yeah. or when's she due for this and that. And and then it's like all the other stuff in between as well. Like when am I going to eat myself? Yeah. When am I going to do my exercise? Yeah. When's her washing? You know, like all that sort of stuff. So I know I know it'll get easier and I know it'll get better, but um, still just trying to take each day yeah. as it comes and just slowly build on you know, like the day before and just ticking off those small wins, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. it's important. It's sort of in in those early months, it's just you really are getting to know each other and finding your feet and finding your new sort of normal. So, yeah, I definitely can appreciate what you mean by that because it's it's not easy and um, each day is so different. You might have a really great day and then the next day is so shit and it's just like what the hell is going on. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I I don't think there would be anyone out there that can just like jump into it yeah. and just like feel like they're acing it. Yeah. Like and, and if they do throw at me because I need to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And is there anything else that you'd like to share in regards to your pregnancy or birth story or anything postpartum before we close up? So we obviously had a our mis- yeah. miscarriage beforehand. One thing I sort of did with that first pregnancy was obsess a lot over like what I was eating and what I like in terms of what I was allowed to be eating I should say you know like are you allowed this when you're pregnant are you allowed that and like always looking off my app and all that sort of thing whereas with when I got pregnant with Imani I decided just to chill relax and just like go with the flow a lot more and obviously just stay away from the main things which is basically just common sense um and I felt that that really relaxed me because it was a very anxious time especially falling pregnant so quickly after a miscarriage but um I think and I've said to you know like a few ladies in my Instagram community as well that have experienced it that you just need to relax and trust your body that your body knows what it's doing and like the rest is out of your control so if you just yeah relax and take everything outside of it then you'll be fine yeah awesome thank you and thank you so much Charlotte for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us it's such a lovely one and yeah I really appreciate you sharing everything that you have so thank you thank you so much for having me Jordan I love listening to your podcast (laughs) and I've loved talking to you thank you Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope that you have loved it. Charlotte is so lovely and it was really nice to chat with her. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed her interview. Another reminder that this episode is sponsored by Your Birth Project. So if you're feeling a little bit anxious about a birth that you've got coming up or you want to resolve some feelings from your previous birth or you just want to learn some new techniques that you can use in your birth, then Your Birth Project is an awesome online hypnobirthing option, and it's so inclusive of all different types of births. So I would love for you to go and check that out. I will put the link in the show notes, but it's at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. 
Looking forward to talking to you all next week and bringing you another awesome Kiwi Birthdays episode. And yeah, happy birthday to Kiwi Birthdays. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.